we are, apparently, on the eve of an absolutely disastrous pandemic about to sweep through America in a much more obvious way than it has been. And where you fall is just totally depends. I know people who are still holdouts, friends, acquaintances, um, who are still... They're not still saying this is laughable. It's going to be nothing. It's just mm-hmm. an ordinary flu. This is still going on. Well, I wonder what they said about Spanish flu back in the day when it killed like oh, yeah. what, 100 million people. <laughs> one story is that the disaster of the Philadelphia parade. I forget if it was St. Patrick's Day or what parade. It was a parade that they and the, the cases were ramping up and they insisted on holding the parade. And it was an absolute disaster because they spread the flu (laughs) like crazy so yeah it's so much is depending on where you are on the side of this fence still which i thought this would be settled by now but it's not and especially people are really having a problem with their older relatives so lots of people saying and trying to reason with my 60 and over relatives that you've got to self-quarantine and this is serious and they just are not not hearing it yeah. Well, you know, since I'm already recording, I think that's <laughs> that's the intro. <laughs> um, oh, I know. I thought we were just going to talk about the pandemic for a while, and then we yeah. could cut it in whenever, and then we could do yeah. the intro. No. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's even necessary to cut. That's that's a good start. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're back. It's um, film suck the, the pandemic movies episode. I, I like the subtitle. Now you're in the movie, which I got from our friend Mark Ames, who I'll, later I'll read the, a great quote from him talking about how how that's that's what well in fact i'll just read it right now because it's apropos if oh, you're dude, yeah if you're resisting that we were having a conversation about our various elderly relatives resisting at believing in that this is really happening and and he said and we were saying why what is this block and he said it's psychological it's hard to believe after all your fantasizing that you're actually now in the movie because all your life you were never in the movie this was the flat existence that is immutable and it's a pretty shitty movie, straight to streaming as far as disaster films go. But so now we're in it. And I think that's really the subject of our of our podcast episode today is that we've, we've seen this movie. <laughs> um, so at least a lot of elements of it, um, we are already recognizing. And, and many, many people are saying this if you're online a lot, especially or just in talking to people in person. And by the way, you should probably stop that now. Um, <laughs> they're saying they keep referring to. You know, somebody saying, I don't know, Outbreak was a documentary. Uh, you know, we were recognizing that kind of predictive quality of movies that we're, they we're moving into what we already know. Yeah. Well, what is it? Life imitates art, which is, even if it's not that great of, <laughs> of Well, and even, even prediction, you know, all these books that came out, you know, you know, saying yeah. we're, we're in for it. We're going to get the huge killer pandemic. But they warned us. I, I feel bad now. I read my old, old review back in 2011, mm-hmm. I think, of Contagion. And I'm so cavalier. I'm just like, you know, there have been so many books. There have been so many movies by now. We're just sick of hearing about it. You might as well just yeah, fucking like, get boring. it. <laughs> it's boring. And I'm just like, well, I ain't bored now. So, so much for that attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're sort of in it. But yeah, we were we were just warned and warned and warned and warned. Um, and the United States, just being classically idiotic, is now being specifically warned. You know, we watch China. We watch South Korea. We watch Italy. What's happening to Italy is just horrific. And, the you know, it, so many Italian health professionals are explicitly sending messages to try to warn us. And we are not, our government is not hearing it. So we're really in a terrifying state of if the government will not do what government, what you need government for, then you're back on your fellow human being. And we know from pandemic movies, that's not good. That's not good. You don't want to have to rely on your, <laughs> on your, on your unprepared and, and hysterical fellow human beings. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and Trump, Trump really seems to worry mostly about the, the real estate. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Still, no. And, you know, certainly the economy will save the economy, even if it means so pumping trillions <laughs> into the stock market that then vaporizes instantly. And you're just like, um, yeah. maybe test kits, fast and free and everywhere, maybe more medical equipment. I just was reading an account that says we have a little over 60,000 um, ventilating ventilator machines in the entire United States. The entire That's West. not enough. I'll say really? it. Enough. That's, that's, that's not, maybe not enough for one state. <laughs> yeah, it just—it's so terrifying where we are. Yeah. yeah, but but you know, I have to say, um, I don't want to speculate too much, but I'm like maybe like fifty percent sure because the virus clearly hit the United States way before people started talking about it. Oh in yeah, media or yeah, right. Absolutely. So uh, there are estimates that it definitely started spreading. I don't know what China. Uh, Northern Italy, there might be like already January, actually. Right. It just was not as, um, you know, people were not as That's chaotic. Exactly. Someone on my yeah. feet just wrote, we, my, myself and my partner, we were both horribly, horribly sick and then listed all the symptoms. Okay. So that was me too. So I, I think I had, mm -hmm. <laughs> so same thing. So, yeah. So, okay. So you, 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 you know, or you, or you've heard of people who that probably people are now saying it. and looking back mm -hmm. and going, Oh my God, I think we had it. We were so, so okay. horribly I'm, sick. Yes. Yeah. And they're, and they're probably the horrible cat cough and the, yeah, the lungs. That's so, what they okay. said. Horrible okay, thing. So yeah. I, I literally had it. I thought I was dying oh, 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 for no. like a few days and I had to be, we just moved. And that's actually fits the bill because me and Yasha were moving around so much yeah. and finally landed in LA from New York, um, like something mid-December. And then we're still, anyway, we were kind of hectic, but basically I was definitely around airports quite a lot right? and not cautious at all, <laughs> like right. not OCD washing hands or anything. Now I am. But anyway, and I got this really bizarre I thought allergy outbreak, which I was never allergic to anything before. And it was like a weird cough, almost like kind of scratchy throat and weird, like feeling the lungs. And it started as an allergy. And by the end of the day, like it was like mid-January, I, I felt like I was dying. So I was rushed to uh, emergency, what is it, the urgent care, something like right. four in the morning. Uh, yeah. if we were close to the hospital. Yeah, and obviously they didn't know what it was. So right. they just said I might have some either virus or what is it, or a bacterial thing. They didn't even know what it was. I was given a very like basic antibiotics, right. which I wasn't even encouraged to take because they thought I like, whatever, I'll be fine. And, you know, and I was sick for maybe like two weeks pretty badly. But right. basically I'm pretty sure, I know I don't want to like say, but I, I'm pretty sure I actually got it yeah <laughs> but the, the problem with that and probably yasha got it from me but you can supposedly get sick with coronavirus the second time around it's well, not can. even that's what they're yeah, saying yeah yes. you can so yeah. this is the craziest part so even the people who already went through that potentially right. are not, not safe, safe. Mm -mm. right Right. So anyway, but that's the kind of in short, but, but I don't know if it would sound like encouraging or I don't know, is it soothing? It was, it was bad, but if you're relatively healthy, it's all right. Like you'll have fever and the throat feels weird and you have breathing problems, but they kind of do go away. But, yeah, I, I, but I don't know if it's much. healthy is obviously your best bet, but you know, in I Italy know, yeah. now, even the, even the, the whole argument that it's only the, the the large older population in Italy that's dying, no, that it's creeping down and down and down as the thing spreads. So so you know we've got a mutual friend who's over there, and he's I think anyway we share a friend over there, and he's just reporting no, it's so dire now that people in their forties are getting it. It's going down to as young as twenties. It's 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 getting so you know you can't even rely on that though. Your chances are certainly much better of surviving. 
Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if we, we're supposed to talk about that you're in the movie thing, but generally speaking, I don't understand fully what do you, you can die from just lungs failing, right? That's the, the most. Yeah. You and basically, heart yeah. Your, the rest of your organs can start failing too, but mm -hmm. certainly it's your lungs filling and the lungs. Yeah, you just die. Of that yeah. That's what they say failure. about the yeah. Chinese elderly smokers or semi-elderly smokers they definitely are all either gone or going because once your lungs are compromised even when it's not pandemic then you're definitely yeah i've got asthma yeah. so i can oh. pretty much kiss a goodbye if if i asthma. think oh, yeah God. and i'm not super young either so it's just in every way i, I was an early self-quarantiner i was mm -hmm. i've been in in this for for over a week i think um, and I just said I've made my last public appearance unless I just have to go get groceries and that's it. Because while everyone else was like, what? Or what? <laughs> and I was just like, no, 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 no. My odds oh, are so not you, great. So you've been like sort of, what is it? Social, like whatever they advise you to do for over a week. So you're yep. like where? Or, okay. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. week. It's a week now, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And what about like Buffalo? Does it feel like everyone... No, on the same page or people completely don't care no only yesterday did i see the first panic buying and and from mm -hmm. what i can tell from just looking online at like supplies in various grocery stores it's really right where i live that mm -hmm. you're just getting people are photographing the absolutely empty ship whole aisles that are empty all paper you can't get a paper good of any kind toilet paper uh, paper towels mm -hmm. napkins it's all gone um any of the staples that you that you lay in if you're going to be a couple of weeks like you know i don't know peanut butter and, yeah. and beans and rice you know dry spaghetti pasta stuff that's all gone all gone all gone, all gone. that was last night i went late as they recommend and so did the world and i said to the checkout guy who looked like by the way by like a shell-shocked soldier at his post because it had been so horrendous lines all the way to the back of the store practically and i said well i guess everyone got the memo to come late <laughs> and it, so it does no good and he's like oh no it was worse during the day but we are the worst in in my little town and i'm speculating about why and it's like i don't know I, there happened to be a lot of health and medical centers right in my area Tons and tons of doctors, healthcare professionals, et cetera, are really concentrated where I am. So that's, I guess, about why. Because I've got relatives around here and friends who are saying, God, my, my, my town is not hard hit at all. You can get anything you want. So wow. it sort of depends where you are. Supposedly there's a political split. Democrats are much more inclined to believe it's really happening early than Republicans uh -huh. who are refusing to believe. Yeah, that doesn't hold, I'm <laughs> it's sure. It's the same as like climate change or something uh, yes. similar, right? They yes, yes, just, yes. Uh -huh. I mean, okay. this, of course, that's not 100%, but it's like but a similar. generalization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, a lot is depending on where you are. So you've still got people online laughing like there's no shortages here. Everything's great here. You're all nuts. You're all crazy. And then mm -hmm. there's other people going, are you kidding? Try going, <laughs> going to buy anything to stock up <laughs> that will last um, right now because they're stores are empty so you're starting to see the panic hit yeah it's funny like i mean here even though you would think in la i don't know the people would be way ahead of the curve but they right. were not and also the um the, the first day that really felt chaotic was yesterday so mm -hmm. right the day after the trump's gun announcement right which is kind of hilarious shouldn't they know early anyway so and now yeah all the anything alcohol related the little clean wipes or whatever the hell that's all the masks gone right, all the cleaning all supplies gone everything's gone. oh Everything. the toilet paper yes <laughs> the toilet paper runs that everyone is just joking like, about it is hilarious no 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 it's going and the paper towels 
Oh yeah, and, no, um, any paper product, mm-hmm. they'll just buy it because it'll <sighs> it'll serve for paper t- for, for toilet paper, which is somehow everyone's first biggest concern. Why is it so important? I mean, it's not even that hygienic. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, hands on it, everything's gone. Yeah, I don't know. But then it's also like I I don't know. I, I guess I started my wheels in my head started spinning. So I started worrying not just about some kind of food supplies, whatever will last on rice, but mm-hmm. like gasoline. Yeah. So <laughs> yesterday, Yasha, I urged Yasha to rush and get like canisters, like basically, you know, if we need to make a drive up mm-hmm. to San Francisco where his parents like mm-hmm. live, elderly parents live. And, you know, all I have right. some family there, too. So I started worrying how we're going to get there. What if it's all going to end? So we need to kind of stock on, <laughs> on gas. <laughs> like I don't know. I guess I mean, some people like, think that's hysterical. I do not, and maybe just because again, I've seen too many movies. It's just yeah, like the person not, who yeah. starts getting ready when the mm-hmm. evidence is there. Mm-hmm. You start getting. You start thinking, what What might I need if the shit hits really hits the fan? And there's a yeah, yeah. huge societal breakdown. Oh, sorry, stupid thing is dinging. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. I yes, think it's you not should. that's funny. I mean, the it gas is, not is a real concern. And I mean, I know. What Did you go in your prepping that mm-hmm. far? I haven't gone of- that far yet. But just <laughs> yesterday, somebody said, somebody else said to me, oh, I just realized I should go get extra gasoline. So you're the yep. second person mm-hmm. who's, who said that okay. among my friends. So I, so that made me suddenly go, shit, I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to start thinking. I think. Definitely. I think my yes. biggest <laughs> my biggest concern, and that's like last thing about me. But I really started worrying yesterday because mm-hmm. I just got braces because I have weird jaw pain, so I was mm-hmm. advised to get them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if the world's ending, that's like a really bad thing to have stuck on your teeth. Oh, God. So oh, how God. am I? How do I, I get wondering. them off if I need to? Yes, yes. If it all goes to shed like um. in a month, I would need to figure out how to get the tool and like read a few, <laughs> I don't know, instructions how to remove that. Oh because my God. It's not a- <laughs> that, okay, yeah. that might be going a little far. I think you can, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I was, I mean, that's my real concern. I mean, wow. I know it's like minor. I'm not like, yeah. whatever, I'm fairly young and healthy. Oh, no, but that's like, so it many- is a concern. The permutations of this are so I, I was online with a bunch of women. Of course it was women. I hate to say it, but all saying, Are you gonna go keep your hair appointment or not? <laughs> and we Sorry. all had this in fucking in-depth conversation. Because it just happens my sister goes to the same one and she's like, Oh, I went there, it was empty, there were hair cutters standing around, and they literally didn't know what it was. It was a couple this was several days ago. And they were saying, What do you uh, think it is? Everyone's canceled. Do, do you okay. think it's the virus? And the hair cutter who was gonna work on my sister, who's also mine, mm-hmm. said well, this is so weird because I was just in New York City and nobody there was worried. I went out and partied all the time and then proceeded uh, to cut my sister's hair. And I'm like, it's true. She had traveled good. there for training and yep. New York City's a hot spot. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah! so yeah, I'm not going. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, that's uh-uh. smart. That's smart. But, but, and then you would imagine, well, LA being LA, the, uh, what is it? LA Times start publishing these articles. I don't know. Is there a guide? I need to check if there's a little guide because now it's super easy to get, um, you know, into good restaurants. Oh, I know. Or, or fly anywhere. <laughs> there are people I know cheap. who are literally like, yeah, and they're, take, they're flying. And I'm like, 
I know. It was nice knowing you, man. <laughs> Good luck with that. I hope the gods are with you. I don't know. What do you say? I know. Well, the thing is, I imagine like the young, again, the younger, healthy population, sure, go to a restaurant, fly to Hawaii, cheap, but then... Yeah, but you're spreading I mean, it. You're spreading, they're spreading it. I know. They might survive, but they're spreading. They might spreading. survive and kill the elderly waiter and all that. I don't know. I say I, shut it all down. Shut it down. Try I know, to I know. get it past well, this thing. <sighs> yeah, and then since I have to add my what is it two cents about russia thing which i am kind of trying to sort of trace as well this is insane it's almost like as if the entire country of russia which is huge is like just some semi uh demented uh, biden-esque republicans no one truly yes yes because well it's like partially it comes from politics right as you say Mm -hmm. there's a split even here between like right democrats and like republicans Mm -hmm. there it's even worse it's like pretty cohesive right wing kind of like not believing in any man-made climate change thing anyway it's uh, that's just the environment there generally mm-hmm. speaking so you would imagine that yeah and if there are no announcement from putin personally <laughs> they just don't uh, yeah it. no one believes it and um officially there are supposedly only like something like around 30 people infected which is no way it's possible it's a huge country people travel and don't tell and me they aren't testing so they have no way of they're knowing. not testing I, oh no no i think they just started testing i think they get some kind of kids i don't right. know but it's basically extremely unorganized war i don't know i, I can't compare because i'm not there right. now mm-hmm. might be as bad as america worse because mm-hmm. it's pretty chaotic here and uh yeah I, I i don't know people traveling and no one is concerned at all even among the sort of moscow liberal media class whatever the hell media class going to london or taking opportunity to or not even cancel anything not taking not cancel any kind of engagement so that's that's really kind of just bizarre and back to the movie thing Mm, too like segue are you following because i'm kind of following closely somehow every day the can festival sort of um i don't know development the news oh, i, I think they still don't want to cancel oh my god did, did you see that i thought after south by southwest uh-uh. canceled ages nope. ago everyone would nope. follow suit no this is mad and, and know, france they... is not doing well france is not doing well yeah. jesus christ it's I... interesting because that's just the new one I, I think it was right today again um sort of update and variety they'll never yeah, not, i think they'll they... have to cancel there's just no way there's no way yeah, well, they say how important Cannes is. It's the <laughs> beginning of taking some kind of summer mood. It's such a what? good place to stage the, the Mask of the Red Death. This is the elite party until, yep. until death. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my but, God. Okay, but back to the kind of... I, mm. I love that who, who Mark gave you the idea. It's like, we're in the movie. Kind we're of, in the movie. Uh, sort of um, title of that. Which was Definitely perfect because I wanted to say something like it, but he said it so well. Yeah, It's so good. Yeah, I love that in the movie. But a lot of things feel in the sound in, in the like today like in the movie and part of it mm. is it also has that kind of the almost re- religious kind of punishment or whatever god's punishment no arc type of shit well to yeah some degree, certainly that's always that. almost always a theme for so many of these is that humanity is so vile we've done so much to deserve being, being wiped out that yeah this is this is this is a kind of god's wrath thing or something's wrath the earth's wrath something the earth's wrath yeah it's, you and, know it's hard to you know <laughs> it's sort of hard to argue i mean we have done not only have we been so stupid and, and and not really tried to set up systems so that we could handle what what was obviously coming and that goes across, across the boards so we're just not facing realities in so many ways but you know 
If you want to look at vile, just look at where we are now. We're just seeing vile display before us. All the stupidest, most you know, venal, disgusting reactions you can have. All you have to do is go on, go on, go online, and you can read it all. You know, people who are happy to call to call all people over 60 because those are the people who are preventing Sanders from getting elected. And I'm like, you know, I want San- Bernie Sanders real bad. I'm working hard, give him a lot of money, all for it. But the idea that you're just, for one thing, Bernie's an old man. No one seems to quite calculate yeah. <laughs> that you'd kill everybody over 60, either whether you want to save the economy, elect a democratic socialist, you know, for whatever reason. Do people not have mothers, grandmothers, you know, uncles, et cetera? Does, is no, does no one have any affection for anyone or feel that there's any worth of a whole demographic? And once you start with demographics, how soon before it's, again, a movie scenario like, you know, children of men? How about all the refugees? Just cut them loose. <laughs> how about all the immigrants? Cut them loose. You know, who are you going to sacrifice? And people are so willing to get right in there. Just yeah, start that conversation. But it's also idiotic because it's not the full truth. Yes, I mean, obviously, the old, older older people are in danger, but there is another element, um, I guess, of the virus is that there is an element, I mean, I don't want to call it democratic, but it seems like, you know, <laughs> as, as we know from Tom Hanks' announcement, mm-hmm. it, a lot of like this world travelers, rich, famous uh what not like some kind of different uh part different segment of elite get the virus first and sure you can say they're the ones who will get to some kind of machines that will pump their lungs or whatever mm-hmm. first but also i don't know but also they're the ones who might actually die and nothing might save them and so there's another you element you, you know? can't help but feel a certain glee when bolsonaro yes <laughs> gets yes. it you know you're mm-hmm. just you can't help but smile and it's you're right biden <laughs> Yeah, you're right. There's certain members of the elite that you can't help, I think. But but it's not saying all people over a certain age, you know, which some people are saying. And, you know, and Italian doctors are are sending out warnings. They're saying we're not there yet, but we might very well. They're they're just getting they're just they're just so drowning in this. And it's not getting any better that they're saying we might we're come. We might be coming up to the time where we simply have to say we we save the young because we can't save everybody. So we might be very well. So this is getting real. Like, but it's that's from a medical perspective. If you have to choose, and there's all this triage going on there, who's going to die in the hallway? Who's going to get on a ventilator? That's something yeah. they're saying we might be looking at. Um, they're not there yet. So well, we're not there yet. But then, if like I know, it's hard to say on an abstract, an abstract imaginative level because it is <laughs> very real in it. But still, there is some element you can just see following the news that the the people who get it first uh, are the, it's, there's a certain class yes. element there. Yeah. So which I, I don't want to say it's I'm not very like <laughs> very. The- um, happy about it or whatever, not particularly excited, but there's something interesting about it, especially if those people cannot save themselves even with a ventilator. Right, smoke. and it's the one yeah. thing that I thought, you know, what's actually quite hopeful about that beyond whatever your class mm-hmm. feelings are, and mine are kind of extreme, I admit. Um, you know, what's what's kind of hopeful is I thought when Tom Hanks got it, I thought, okay, and NBA players started testing mm-hmm. positive, and I just thought, yeah. thank God, because this will make it real to people, because your, your whole sense of shock when Tom Hanks get it, gets it is Tom Hanks can't get it. He's so rich, he's so famous, he's so beloved, mm-hmm. he's so protected, he can't get it, but if he did get it, well, that's sort of like Rock Hudson and AIDS. All of a sudden, <laughs> there's a face people actually know. And presumably kind of like and have good memories of and good thoughts of 
who's now got it that they recognize. And I thought, well, this might convince some people that this is a real thing and it's really happening. But what's so horrifying is, of course, that this is just for the start. The elite get it. But of course, as you say, they're going to get all the best care. Their chances of survival are much better. Who's going to, in the end, get swept clean? All the poor, all the imprisoned, all, all the people who are considered disposable in society. They're the ones who are not going to get – they're the ones who I don't know how they're going to survive just from their jobs going away. However no. long. So ultimately, the killing fields are going to be among the poor, the working class, the down and out, like usual, like usual. So your glee yeah. is always short-lived, even if you're like, yeah, we might get Bolsonaro. <laughs> Maybe we could even get Trump. He shook his hand. I know. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it's we know who really is going to die. Or we've got a very good guess. Yeah. Well, this is hard yeah. to segue into the movies, but we should. It's we hard. Should. It's hard. It's hard but anyway, but, but you know what? One thing about podcasting lifestyle mm. is that it's already very quarantine-friendly. Right. You mm -hmm. can be at home. <laughs> That's true. And uh, follow just, uh, yeah, the character. You're talking about what's happening in some mm -hmm. other from yeah. whatever room in your own place, usually. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's something I don't know. Anyway, that's I guess a segue. Yeah, I I feel like I already was like on a corona kind of virus quarantine for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, not being so like you know not after I guess I graduated. Yeah, not not going anywhere. Not particularly having. <laughs> I mean, not being <laughs> out social about a lot other yeah. than you traveled. But other than that. Yeah, but it, it, it was a necessity. It wasn't traveling. It was just finding for a place to right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but uh, but that's oh, and that's, and, and luckily, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not in California anymore, which is where I was, because I certainly mm -hmm. was out and about a hell hell of a lot more there than I than I am here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and also like the university speaking university, since they kind of shutting they shut, shut down, down New York and here, people are forced because I have a few friends who like teaching, yeah. and they're forced into this online teaching, yes. which is total hell. Yeah, from what yeah. I heard. Yeah. But you probably know also Oh, a lot I definitely do. <laughs> but I keep saying eyes on the prize, people. You get to stay home. And even even if there were no coronavirus, that was always a net gain for me. If I could just stay home and not have to constantly the, the energy drain is going into the classroom, all that face to face interaction with students yeah. is what really kills you. I mean, sapping your strength and every and pulling out your energy so i keep trying to sort of say i know you have to master zoom now but you can mm -hmm. do it and you get to stay home <laughs> try to cheer people up a little bit yeah well okay so now to the movies i don't yes. know what to start with it seems like um you know for contagion obviously already uh kind of has become the most watched warner yes. brothers film of like 2020 mm -hmm. everyone's talking about it and mm -hmm. soderbergh is some kind of uh, Prescient genius, what, Moffat, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you probably have a lot to say. I, I loved your um, review, which obviously you wouldn't probably write in the same tone. No, now. I wouldn't. I definitely <laughs> would not. The gods <laughs> forgive me. Hi. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, but do you want to still like kind of talk about the movie because I watched it like um, mm -hmm. when we, I don't know, like three days ago, which mm -hmm. is obviously was already too close home. Mm -hmm. So I, it, it it was kind of bizarre to me because while it was procedurally seemed kind of very well researched mm -hmm, it just yes. felt very geeky and, and I, mean, I guess in a good way I don't know good like emotionally and just as far as this uh, pandemic uh, virus films go it did completely nothing to me except the good scene with um you know the hat of um, Gwyneth Paltrow. That's the Gwyneth one. Gwyneth Paltrow just like cracking open. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that, like nothing at all. Which 
which you did mention in your review, mm. how, how unsuccessful it is as just a, I don't know, work of art, if you can, yeah, you Soderberg, can call it that. You know, Soderbergh, and I, I have a certain, I mean, he, when he's on, when he's great, he's great. And that has happened a couple of times. The Limey is my favorite of his films. I think it's a great film. But, you know, he also, when he's not on, I'm, I'm, I become a super not fan because he hasn't, for me, maybe this is just me reading into the, the quality, the tone he strikes, but he, he has this kind of smug, <laughs> I don't know, removed cold camera that's not the cold of Kubrick that seems epic somehow. <laughs> it's just a kind of, I don't know, there's a kind of above it all quality uh, but it to his But it tries to be cinema. also a bit like documentary kind of. I it mean, does. Right? It, it does that. Well, he, Did he operate it himself, really? He did. He was he's, not just DP, he was actually camera operator. Yeah, he's right? very much a one-man band. He's taught himself how to do Bradley everything. So yeah, he operates his own camera. I know, I just didn't know if in this movie he did that. Yeah, yeah. because it was like a bigger, bigger and budget. And he consulted CDC people in tons of, he did tons, mm-hmm. tons and tons of research got done. They really wanted it to be as factual as it could be given what we know about how this might mm-hmm. play all that. He did, he, yeah, they did all that. They did all that. I mean, I think it is is interesting to note that the big emotional impact of the film that most people remember, that's what I remembered, even when I saw it for the first time, I'm like, that's the thing that gets you is Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Why? That's, but it, again, that tells you that the story of the celebrity will, will punch through emotionally because that can't happen to them. So watching Gwyneth Paltrow be photographed looking so absolutely fucking hideous as she's dying. And then, the, if you remember, they, they film them cracking, because the, she's the first case, they have to study her. They crack open her skull, but then they peel back that famous blonde oh, mane yeah. of hair right into the camera. So you get the flap coming down in close up into the camera. Well, to violate the pristine princess Gwyneth Paltrow, whom I can't stand, <laughs> but nevertheless, she's got a level of fame and stardom you have to reckon with. That kind of thing can't happen to her. So it's kind of like Janet Lee gets murdered in the shower in Psycho back in 1960. It was just like, you can't kill Janet Lee. You can't Within slaughter like Janet 10 Lee. Within 10 minutes, yeah. So it's that, it, it doesn't have anything like that kind of punch did. But because then you literally couldn't kill stars. <laughs> you just almost couldn't unless they, it was very reverently done. Um, so it really had a shock effect that was perfect. Mm-hmm. That made it perfect casting. And there's also simply the theme that basically there's no way to read this for me that, that, that other than that she's being punished as a wanton woman who's have, she's introduced as having an affair. She's cheating on her, you know, nice salt of the earth, slightly chubby every man, Matt Damon, husband, as she travels the world from Hong Kong, where she gets it to, I guess she meets her lover in Chicago, something like that, before she heads home. So she's the cheating wife who, you know, it seems pretty clear the implication is she deserves deserves to die. (laughs) She totally fucking deserves. Um, And it just shows the level of evil that she brings this kind of typhoid to yeah. the to the to the population. So yeah, so yeah. so there's that which, element which is despicable. Yeah, but which again has this element as we once mentioned, I forgot which episode about this different disaster zombie films and all mm. those where it's all still about the family. Whether oh, it's God, like yeah. is she so being an, a horrible whore, and it's all about <laughs> yes. Matt Damon suffering, having to find really. out, and mm-hmm. is it a worse to find out that there's a pandemic and she's the first case, or that she cheated on him? It's a toss-up. Yeah. He's just not yeah. sure which is worse. Exactly, and it's been addressed by other characters. And Kate Winslet cannot believe that. Oh, she cheated on him. How is she gonna like what? Like it, it, it becomes <laughs> somehow really, one of the central kind of. Th- it really does. <laughs> themes no. again. So one of my Facebook page said, "Send that." So I watched. 
watched this film and maybe I'm not understanding it, but is this a film about how she deserves to die horribly? And I'm like, oh, you understand the film. All right. You understand it perfectly fucking well. (laughs) Yes. So that central thing. It's also got, though, he really codifies certain things that that you see often. I mean, that's something we could it's really worth talking about. I think what do you what do you tend to always see in pandemic film narratives that kind of dictate how we look at pandemics to some extent? Because that's now the narrative in our head. You know, and one of them, you know, there's a couple of them, you know, center it. Of course, you have to have it almost always an everyman figure um, who somehow is going to have a first encounter either because he's what somehow a healthcare professional, he's somehow on the front lines of the thing, like say World War Z, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. is some UN guy. So that's how he <laughs> Which gets is somehow that. not believable. It's I don't so know, not, not believable. <laughs> yes. Oh. Or, or it's just happenstance. So his wife happens to be the one and it plunges him in, but of course he has to survive. You have to have the first encounter mm-hmm. and then survive. So you know early on. Um, so that's, that's an absolute requirement. Um, Soderbergh does the, the global thing as vividly as he can. So he, a lot of critics raved about, oh my God, now we're in Hong Kong and now we're in Chicago and now we're here and now we're there and it's so amazing. Yeah, it's not that amazing. <laughs> it's something cinema does very, very easily, but it captures the imagination for people. And believe me, not even now, we, as we've just been discussing, people still can't seem to get, like it's a real thing. <laughs> Things move swiftly around the globe. There's no isolation now. In, message to Trump, he can't seem to figure it out. There's no point saying you can't fly from Europe to here anymore when it's already here. It's just, he's an idiot. Um, So it does that very well. You're you're racing around the globe in these kind of montages of infection. And, you know, the tagline of the film is like, don't touch anything, don't go, (laughs) I forget what it is, something like that. Because you see close-ups of people like touching the elevator button or the doorknob or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then they're infected. That's another thing you see over and over. Where, what's the close-up on the moment when somebody is fatally infected whether they know it or don't know it. So there's a great one in 28 Days Later when the father figure who looks like he's going to be one of the last of the four protagonists to survive and he looks up and I think it's a crow has got a hunk of human flesh or something and a blood drop drops down into his eye. So of course he knows he's a goner. Um, It's a really horrifying moment and it's all done in these harrowing fucking (laughs) close-ups because of course he starts raging and foaming and screaming and trying to attack them immediately. Um, so that kind of, is this the moment? Well, right now, if you go out in public, believe me, and, and you're hyper aware of this now, you, you're living those close-ups. You're like, my hand is now on this thing. <laughs> Shit, is that the thing that was just touched by the other person who, you know, that if you get paranoid enough, you're going to be there. And I think we're going to be, all of us there, pretty damn soon. Where it's like, is that the elevator? They're telling you now, do not touch the elevator button with your finger. Touch it with your knuckle if you don't have gloves, if you don't have, or your elbow or anything, and then wash your wash yourself as fast as you can. They're already saying. Yeah, but those like latex gloves are gone. I actually tried looking oh, for them. You know, the, the one that you can wear one day and like one and time throw it and throw away. away. And they're gone. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. But yeah, so that film feels real. But okay, one thing though about the movie besides the mm. whole uh, nuclear family, whatever, cheating, mm-hmm. uh, basically disaster yeah. <laughs> that really happening um there uh, the thing that stands out for me remember the jude low yeah. character the media who, guy 
who's <laughs> the, 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 tried, the guy who tries to be well he's playing investigative journalist yeah, yeah. kind of independent blogger who acts always kind of rabid and in each scene he's like talking to someone he's just kind of rabidly talking and supposedly he's a do-gooder but turns out then the whole premise there that people like that are actually just scammers he yes, turned out to be a scammer evil, evil careerists mm-hmm. and shit yeah 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 yep, mm-hmm. yep. and the only thing if you, I mean I don't want to dissect it too much and prescribe like it's not Soderbergh's thing because the, the screenwriter is a different person and mm-hmm. actually Soderbergh's name is not on this screenplay at all so it seems to be I don't know someone else's no it's his favorite is his favorite it's it was a favorite screenwriter and i'm forgetting his name scott yeah Wow, oh, he did the God, informant, I which I was a big yes, fan of. Yes, he did the informant. That's right. God, uh, forget his name. Anyway, I guess yeah, I can look guy. it up. But yeah, that guy's mind. Mm. So, I, so it's not Soderbergh per se. But anyway, but so the idea that that the government is the only, or some kind of like basically mm-hmm. power structures are very competent. Yes. Everything's good. They're like competently, quickly de- trying to develop some kind of vaccine. They're working on it. Everything in America seems to be mm-hmm. kind of like under control in the end. And uh, this sort of like independent spirit turns out to be not uh, any kind of do-gooder at all, but a right. horrible cheater scammer who basically contributes to only like you know, chaotic, like killing people. Yeah, over I think this. there's always got to be the cheater scammer turncoat. So like children of men, it's the military guy who helps them initially and then realizes there's a price on their head and turns. So, uh-huh. and you've almost always got to characterize the government, the military, the media There's almost always going to be at least somebody who represents each of them. If you're not going to have whole collectives, it's always got to be there. How, and what role are they playing? You're right. It almost always is going to turn out that somehow well, I shouldn't really say that the zombie strain is almost always that follows Romero's great mm-hmm. formula, which is the, the government is incompetent slash corrupt and there's going to be no help. The military is terrifying. Um, they are going to be, uh, even if they somehow can contain or something, it's going to be this horrific dictatorship, you know, Day of the Dead, some kind of combination of science and military um, mm-hmm. horrors that are worse than the zombies themselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, media, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other examples of how the media gets handled. I don't think usually with a great deal of <laughs> respect, but let me, let me think. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm just blanking on whether there are any. Maybe, I'm blanking too. Maybe listeners can come it? up. Are there reporter characters that are made to be heroic in any way? I could, in or, it's disaster movies, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but but actually, it proves. Okay, obviously we might just be <laughs> I don't know, early Alzheimer. We don't remember, but also it kind of proves that probably there are very few characters like that, and the Jude Law character stands out. Yeah. And you can also tell. I was. I don't know. I was closely watching, and you can tell. I don't even know who helped him kind of prepare for the role, but just even how he portrays him outside of the cheating, scamming element, mm-hmm. how he just portrays the sort of independent freelance journalist is so off. Right. <laughs> so my point is, I think that those people, and frequently that's what I'm saying, they're probably not that much in the scripts right. or in those stories because they don't even know. Like, so what is it? Like, how, how do you even show this? What is it that the hell it even means? Yeah. But outside of probably the proper, some kind of New York Times you know, yeah. reporter. Yeah, Which, I think it's more yeah, typically guess, like, right. Science, military, <laughs> government in some yep, sort yep. of... So journalist is not there. Is, is not typically there. Yeah, and that follows very much like what Susan Sontag actually writes a good essay on the, the 50s sci-fi movie. And she says, oh, it always has got to come... It was always, always positive in 50s movies that, mm-hmm. um, that the military... You're going to be able to trust the military plus the government plus the scientific community to finally come together and, and save the world. Um, I, now, I don't think... 
at least I, I it's weird to, <laughs> to have that trust. So World War Z, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, does it really play out that way? I mean, in the end, the nuclear family is saved, Brad Pitt and all his blonde wife and kid, and they're all reunited and all that jazz. And you're supposed sort to care of, deeply. And the competence is comes is through, there. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're on their way. Um, Children of Men doesn't do this. This is this is all post any anything salvageable other than this kind of almost fantasy like what do they call that ship that they're trying to get to so it's not even in any nation all the nations have collapsed except the united kingdom if you remember which is only yeah. which is barely functioning anyway um and yeah they're all trying to get to the ship called what the hell is it the home something i just watched I'm, the damn thing and I'm i forgot blanking. did you ever anyway. watch it recently yeah i just watched ah, it the tomorrow i think called no 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 what no, am they're I going human project chip human, the project. human project chip. Yes, yeah what yes, am yes. i saying yeah. yes and then you sort of see it in the mist as as colin uh, uh clive owen rather um is dying mm-hmm. on the little boat and they save the, the one pregnant young woman it's very much a youth worshiping film um so you know some people have pointed out children of men has it the opposite of what we've got now where you know it's youth that has died out in the flu pandemic before you start the film and Mm -hmm. so anyone who's pregnant for human fertility is is the casualty all all young people have died so having a pregnant woman You've got to save that pregnant woman, and of course, again, it all gets very, very Christian allegory stuff in a way that makes one that one tries not to focus too much on, <laughs> even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you notice though that Children of Man, mm-hmm. uh, kind of re, I don't know, new life, second life, started mm-hmm. I think with Trump presidency. That's what I noticed at mm-hmm. first, being like always thrown around in different articles Mm -hmm. because somehow it reminded them of this upcoming i don't know what collapse and now i guess now it probably again with coronavirus well it's the anti-immigrant stuff Mm -hmm. that's very ferocious in the in the film it really is trying to be very topical and saying no this is you don't even have to be that imaginative to imagine that this is how the societal breakdown post or you know essentially right immediately after the flu pandemic would go down um, because it's all things that we're already seeing incompetence, you know, and what, you know, complete venality in government and that all crashes and no attempt to protect vulnerable populations. Quite the contrary. You're just willing to round them all up in concentration camps. Pretty familiar. Um, we've already got the concentration camps in the United States. Um, so you can already see we're already experiencing the way some of the things that are they're not even being predicted. They're just being amped up in Children of Men, which is a big reason why I think it did super well with critics. Critics raved about it, but it did not do well with the population. I, I was surprised. It mm-hmm. was, actually wasn't a big hit. Um, World War Z was. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it's it's, it's a depressing American. movie. It, 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 it kind of takes a, a doleful you know, view from beginning almost to end. You've got a very classic lead character. He's very... He's very Rick in Casablanca, the guy who's become cynical, no longer will work with the with the activists for the for the good cause and how he gets brought around back into the human family and is redeemed by saving the young woman. You know, and there he's go, he's constantly drinking and smoking. He's doing all the all the kind of Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca stuff. That's a very quintessential American character. The cynic. We like him for his cynicism. He seems smarter than everybody. He makes the best jokes about everything. He refuses to invest anymore when everything is so obviously vile. But you know he's got to recover his 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 basic heroism, which is always there. It's just slightly buried. We love that character in America. We can't do that character enough. So Clive Owen is doing it. 
he's doing a great job. Clive Owen is great. How come that guy was not a big star? I will ask it forever as long as as long as we have stars or a society or anything. He should have been. Um, so he's pulling it off he's as well not? as you can. Hmm? Wait, do you think he's not a big star? Not at all. Compared, he's, compare his stardom to Brad Pitt's. Go up and say Clive Owen and people will be kind of like, oh, yeah, he's he's that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not anything like I thought he was going to be. I thought for sure. When he first came out, I'm like, that guy is going to be a huge star. And it did not happen. I mean, he's, a, right. he's a second tier. Okay. Uh, but at any okay. Rate, Okay, I didn't. I mean, I don't know if it, I guess it was not obvious to anybody. I'm not thinking about it. I guess I guess he's not a. He's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, you're never going to be like, oh yeah, that guy, iconic. It just isn't how. Yeah. How no. Is. No. But maybe that's good for the for the film. He's, yeah. He's, he's a little bit less of the obvious. He, he doesn't have that kind of superhero will overcome all quality. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm just trying to remember. Obviously, it's fresher for you. Uh, I only rewatched clips, but I was watching Children of Man maybe like a year, like two, I guess two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I think we were in Russia. But the thing is, um, to me, it was like obviously all the themes are there and it's the interesting promise, but it, it was so tacky overall. And all this camera moves and the fact that he tried to make it kind of sort of gritty but then it's ultimately kind of this reconstruct i don't know it's kind of beautiful and it's very um, beautiful and it's too beautiful for what it wants to be i would imagine well and you know I, I have more respect yeah he's doing those very long takes and again very be- intricate by the way choreographed intricate very. choreographed so i don't know the whole thing is just so i don't know again it didn't hit me either <laughs> oh wow oh, i liked Emotional. it much better but again i'm oh, watching really? it now okay. for the first time no, so, it's maybe, different. so maybe it's, it's different it just seems like oh and i just thought you know he he Quaron is great at striking a beautiful tone, a beautifully dark tone. <laughs> that's that's a thing he, he's just good at. But it's true that when I read what he claimed he was supposedly doing, which is like, this is like war footage. We're imitating mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, what? Um, no. <laughs> no, that doesn't have that effect at all. He claims Battle of Algiers was one of his big uh, inspirations. Um, excuse me? And exactly. <laughs> I was like reading this going, what? <laughs> the things people think they're doing. Hum. Yeah. Yeah. It has none of that. Well, this is interesting. That yeah. <laughs> so. yeah battle- well, if it was any Anything like Battle Elders, I wouldn't say what I said. No, that this is definitely not 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 that. But and you know, there's actually scenes that when when they do that mm-hmm. kind of yeah, it's a little awkward, um, where everyone's sort of awed and stands there, and the camera mm-hmm. pans through them as they move through. The crowd, there, yeah. there are literally shots that are stolen. They're, they're right out of mm-hmm. um, sections of Battle of Algiers. But but again, Battle of Algiers has such a different impact that you're like, I, I would never have put the two together until I read that. And I'm like, oh yeah, those shots. Now I remember he clearly just stole them. <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have that impact at all. But that's actually, well, it's a little bit tangential, but I think still relevant since we recently talked about your the death of revolutionary film form. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, like, I, it's tangential, but you can't, okay, Battle of Algier was a film, you know, what's it, Carlo Pontevecchio? Do I say it right? His uh, name? Pontecorvo. Pontecorvo, what am I saying? Yeah, Pontecorvo. I mean, there was a different time. It's, it's yeah. a movie about a very specific time made by a revolutionary-minded kind of basically person who is very close to what mm-hmm. he's portraying. And, you know, you cannot take Alfonso Caron, bourgeois filmmaker, <laughs> and just, like, sort of, I guess, get inspired by th- that movie and steal a few shots and claim that it's, you know, 
Well, but again, <laughs> he has, thinks he's uh, imitating war footage, and you're just like, how? Okay. How? <laughs> Other than that, it's just con- even the continuous shots they had to CGI them in parts because it, you know, was so hard to do. But you're just kind of like, it just doesn't. It has none of that choppy, terrifying quality of no. things happening. Happening. Well, yeah, but that's right back to it because it wasn't charged that way. You no. can't just take the no. skin of the thing, like skin something. Right. And right, right, right. it won't feel the same because mm-hmm. it's literally skinning. There's no charge. There's no mm-hmm. no meat. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Yeah. So anyway, but that's but my, it's better. I, yeah. yeah. If, it's better if you try. If yeah, I'm glad I read that afterward because otherwise mm-hmm. I would have been much more irritated. And there was all this kind of religious symbolism that I frankly had had not even realized. And when I read it, I'm like, oh fuck! Thank God I didn't read it. All this would have been way more annoying than it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, you you basically there were all these elements that <laughs> that helped you to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. I, I was helped to at least think I'm finding. This is more effective just because you know he really is trying to sustain a tone of of trying to find anything in despair like when it's just it's all lost i mean <laughs> even the ship has a fan you know a fantastical looking quality that makes you go uh i don't know about this there's nothing suggesting that what the people you meet on board this ship are going to be any better than you know the activist group that uh, that they were you know that were you know that was such a danger to them um on ground so you know it has that quality of at least what do you do when you get when you get to that point that it sustains throughout it starts it starts already in the deep shit which is unusual i mean mostly you start of course in the pandemic film from normalcy and then you get the slow escalation who's going to believe first and, you know and that almost always includes of course the whoever the the protagonist is who starts believing early the slow ramp up um you know the the then the incredibly fast explosion of of the pandemic and the mm-hmm. frenzy and again the government scientists blah 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 um i'm trying to think there's a bunch of other things let me look um you know you it, the various aspects of social breakdown are always a big part of it. How fast does does everything just hit the shoots? Usually, for dramatic purposes, almost immediately. And again, we, Romero maps this so beautifully in the '60s. If you want to give anyone credit for being prescient, let's give it to the right person. It's Romero from *Night of the Living Dead* on. He's like. <laughs> We're pretty well done, and the government isn't going to save us, and science isn't going to save us, and none's going to save us, and we are certainly not going to save each other, and we're not going to find the best of ourselves, <laughs> and we're not going to find these cute families that are, be- no. you know, there's that fantasy element that you almost always have in these things, where, oh my God, most of the population is dead, now I can really go on a shopping frenzy (laughs) um now i can you know shoot off all the guns drive the best cars you know i can have this interlude and i'll build an impromptu family that's really frankly better than any regular family or i'll have finally i'll have you know the romantic connection i never could achieve in life if you see zombie land which is a kind of sat kind of parody comedy it's actually kind of good because it really it really sells that like is isn't isn't this absolute worldwide disaster really just an opportunity for a few people to really live well? Um, and you can't help that kind of apocalyptic fantasy. I think I think most people have it. If all these people yeah. would just be not here, I could really live, live, live. <laughs> so there's almost always that. And again, yeah. human connection will be revived and we'll save the best of ourselves. It'll revive all of our heroic compassion and generosity and bravery and we'll all be the better for it. That's often what <laughs> these things are selling. But Romero does not sell that. So the worst, the kind of the animals, the beasts in us will come out and we'll just like 
kill each other for the, yeah, the for resources Romero, it's always left. Everyone <laughs> falls to stupid factionalism and petty bickering, and they're a bigger danger to each other than the encroaching zombies. Yeah. Almost always. Always, that does fact. feel always. That does feel way more real. Even, way more real. You know, even in this more affluent LA or whatever, Eastern LA area, where now it feels like even people, when they drive past each other or walk past each other, is this kind of they're not like all of a sudden friendly and supportive and communal mm. because, because of that, but actually very worrisome. And there are this weird looks that people give each other. So yeah. I oh think yeah. I was in, I was in line last night. Mm-hmm. I went, like, like I said, and got caught in panic buying and I should have just left. It was incredibly stupid. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. Other than <laughs> my God, they're really cleaning this place out. I better get, one. I'd already stocked up. I only needed something. So I shouldn't have stayed. But anyway, some idiot girl behind some teenage girl with her mother literally starts coughing. <laughs> literally starts coughing without covering her mouth nothing and i turn and i'm just like staring at her round eyed and then she goes on saying well anyway oh my god let me tell you what happened in my you know i think it was her lacrosse team today so she's still playing sports team sports (laughs) and you're like yeah team sports probably a bad idea a lot of human liquids slapping up against each other probably not the best idea so everything clueless was right behind me so there's that there's that instinctive hostility you could all be carriers but of course among your friends and family you do get a little taste and if you're in in some kind of community that's trying to be carrying like dsa supposedly they pivoted in certain places right from electioneering for trying to get bernie sanders elected to trying to help the local community where they were with meal deliveries or whatever they could do med deliveries that kind of thing you can you can get these pockets of um of great compassionate behavior people suddenly going oh my god are you okay do you need me to be to bring you food i'll leave it on the porch that kind of stuff can happen i think among smaller groups but it's it's very well, hard while the, yeah but also while the resources last when right it, if, if and when hopefully if just if it ever yeah. gets the real, real scarcity that's gone so i think romero is still is still right well i'm sad to say Romero, i think has our number and and just the the fight the in the crazed infighting you see already <laughs> um among people like bickering about whether this is real or not and what to do about it and you know you just you just already see a lot of the symptoms and certainly the, his absolute dismissal of, of being able to rely on the government um or yeah whatever the sign even the scientific community you're like fuck you people all know couldn't you get together in a concerted voice, a loud, loud voice, and start countering? I mean, you got individ- you got little groups, like nurses say, we are not ready for a pandemic, and we need Medicare for all, and it barely makes a dent. And of course, that's partly the media. There's always a media blackout on anything that counters the mainstream story. But it's just like, you know, where's the AMA? Doctors have got to know. Where's their concerted announcement? We're going to defy the government because we got to do something. There's well, none. or insurance companies. I mean, in this country specifically, it's not just the government, right? There's like the middleman. Yeah. That's pretty the evil. ultra powerful evil middleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely. Oh, oh, there was an announcement that the, what was it? That they weren't going to, what the, they weren't going to do, they weren't going to pro- provide government, uh, like, like, uh, the government wasn't going to step in to deal with this because they didn't want to interrupt the, the relationship between each individual and their private health care. 
<laughs> that me? precious, precious relationship. Private yes. Healthcare. No, the, wow. the, the claim was that they expected this all to be handled privately, like private God, labs. Down with private healthcare. Yes. Down with it. Private labs were supposed to be the ones testing, and of course, there are people who are in private labs saying we couldn't test because you could only get the tests from the federal government, and they wouldn't give it to us. So what are they doing saying we were supposed to handle this? We couldn't handle it. So you just have this total breakdown. So ideologically, we're, we're hugging this stupid private everything um, nonsense and contradicting it at the same time. The, the, the feds are actually, the federal government is actually hoarding whatever resources we're going to need. So, of course, yeah. Stanford just develops its own test. You've you got these pockets of saying we can't wait. Stanford people are going to be all right. They've only got like a $40 billion endowment. So we got scientists. Hell, we'll do our own. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. There should be way more defiance. Just defy it. You know, that whole, they claim they're not going to do drive-through testing, even though it's been proven to work in South Korea. They're just not going to do it. So Seattle and Colorado just decided, well, we're doing it. I'm amazed the states aren't just like, nah, not here. We're going to do it ourselves if you won't do it. So far, there's so little defiance. You're just like, what are you doing? It's sort of like Night of the Living Dead, where they all sit obediently down in front of the television and wait to be told by the media, like, it's, it, <laughs> what yeah, to not do. Like, it, is, it is exactly that. <sighs> but also people, are, I, I think, don't you think, I mean, a majority of people who especially kind of, you know, just work in this, uh, I don't know, too many hours a day, I don't know, for, for, for some corporation for no reason, leave to pay paycheck to paycheck, the mortgage and all that. I think it's really beats you into obedience. I don't think you can necessarily, oh, you I know, agree. all of a sudden, all of a sudden when you have this time at home and you're supposed to be in this completely oh, no. different mind space, all of a sudden you're like defiant. I don't think so. No, I'm not talking about every individual. I'm talking about local authorities could just say, fuck, this is my own community. I'm not going to wait for the for the federal government yeah. run by with Trump's administration running the show or even the CDC that is just like they're just fucking it up every which way. No, the ordinary individual yeah. doesn't know what to do. But I also think at a certain point the ordinary individual again, if this is the movies, we've all seen the fucking movies. <laughs> the ordinary individual has to start making their own decisions and saying, "Okay, now I'm reading this, now I'm seeing this. This isn't working." So I got to figure out how I save myself and my people. I've just got to do it on my own. And some people are much slower than than others. Yeah, but it's also, it's interesting, speaking of where in the movies, usually there's only, again, pretty much one scenario in different uh, versions of that. There should be always like, we should basically rely on some pater familia, some right. There should be a man. There's almost always a man who's got to be the one. <laughs> there should be a man. <laughs> there's always which, a man. Which I don't want to laugh at it because who knows where it goes. Is there going to be a man or the man? I don't know. Like what? <laughs> Why is? I don't know. It sounds conservative, and I don't know if it's truthful. I, I mean, no, I, I don't hope think it is a man in the least. I don't know. <laughs> no, there is no reason to wait for the man on the white horse, yeah. practically. He's going to come in and be the hero for yeah. you. Yeah, no, yeah I don't know. Really. What if there's going to be, well, I don't know, what is going to be something else? Yeah, but, you know, speaking of the movies and the film industry, which is clearly hurt now just financially in terms yes. of, like, the movie theaters. If everyone premiering. is, yes, they're yeah. closing. You know, just, yeah, oh, they're sort of losing the money. No, I don't know. Go, go, go ahead. Well, I, 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 when they yeah. postpone mm-hmm. the opening of the latest James Bond film, mm-hmm. because chi- China is saying there are no theaters. And so they just know I'm going to lose billions. So they postponed it by what, seven or eight months. That was as soon as that happened. And that was 
quite a while ago now. I'm like, oh, see, seeing things like this, if you can read things like that, it's like, wow, people don't, you know, that's one way to read capitalists. They care about the money. <laughs> if they're willing to postpone and, and possibly lose money because of the confusion yeah. or whatever. It, this is fucking serious. Yeah. So yeah, so it's all this, don't go to the theaters. No more than X number of people. And of course, that excludes theaters. Broadway has shut down. Disneyland has shut down. Disneyland doesn't fucking shut down. They didn't even have a mandate from the from the governor, Gavin Newsom. It was like every every big place has to shut down except Disneyland because, you know, yeah. Disney's its own empire. And th- when they said, oh, we're shutting down, then again, come on. What does it take? For you to realize this is this is serious and people in power know how serious it is. So get a clue. That just doesn't happen. Um, you're walking away from billions, billions of dollars. So yeah. in America, that's where, you know, people care. You know, their heart is with their money. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's killing the movie business. There's so much going on of just like, yeah, what's going to happen to all the movies that were supposed to be released and no one's going to see like them. What we're talking about when killing, I don't care about that type of killing. It just, they're like big studios, big studio movies, potentially. Or small like independent losing. movies. Well, small independent, yeah, but don't can't they go just there usually, you know, premiere on Netflix online and everyone's going to watch. Well, actually, there's it's just that the ones that are caught to... in the middle yeah. who are like sort of coming out now or whatever. And yep. there's just going to be no one to see it. So there's just going to be some casualties for sure. Just like there were for 9-11. I knew, I knew action film writers who were right on the cusp. They'd already sold a major script. They were on the cusp of selling others and 9-11 happened. And they happened to have film, a, you know, a film about a script about a, a plane actually at one point it's not even a plane it's something even a little looser like a helicopter or something crashes into a building and mm-hmm. it killed their project just because everyone was suddenly like you nope <laughs> we won't even touch it it's like kryptonite because after 9-11 no one will see action films took a hit in general big explosions oh. like that people didn't wait want a second so do you think in this in this case actually I might be personally heard, but so in this one, in the hopefully we'll go like to the end of it, whatever, healthy and all that. But you think the movies that are sort of about the the virus type of thing or some sort of zombie, you know, social, I don't know, outbreak type of thing, they, they're going to be. I have no idea. Completely, so far. Yeah, but. Yeah. So far, it isn't working that way. Everyone's going to watch Contagion instead of not. Yeah, that's what I would think. That's just people actually want more of that. But I'm just saying that was the but weird. The and keep in mind that wasn't audiences making that judgment about the films and rejecting yeah. it. It was, it was studio people and producers saying no one's going to want to see that and making a judgment and killing a bunch of projects. There were a bunch of projects, a bunch of action films that got mm-hmm. killed. So I'm just saying there's just odd. There's odd, these odd effects that you that are very unpredictable um, for for movies and for everything. Yeah, that's true. But also, I don't know. But it is kind of exposing certain problems. Just I don't know. Not just how authority wise, everything wise, class wise, and I mean it's horrible. But who knows? What if it's going to be somehow? If we survive all that, it's going to be refreshing for the film. I don't want to call it industry, whatever, for the film community. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want. 
refreshing. I don't. I mean, again, it's just pure, pure speculation. Uh-huh. What if some kind of semi-old and sickly gatekeepers either die or get so sick that they will move away, <laughs> and uh, you know, and there's going to be some some younger people coming in. Oh, you mean some weird a, benefits too? Yeah, some weird benefits to know. the just like to the way things i don't know if it's going to be easy to make things to make things but uh but i doubt it again as we as we speak obviously those those type of people will yeah. be the first on ventilators so they're not gonna right probably it's, it's hard to anything. imagine that killing the old guard is gonna be but what do i know i don't know we don't know what we're in <laughs> yeah no, we don't no, know I mean, it won't kill them it's also like killing the old guard not necessarily will gonna bring any any positive change what you're saying right not necessarily. Well, yeah, especially you know, in a world where now everyone's terrified because now it's now it's for sure real, you know, as it becomes for sure real. <laughs> um, you know, like like in Great Britain, they're now already running scared at the idea that this might be a seasonal thing. So they're if you've oh, heard yeah. about their cull the herd policy mm-hmm. that you're going to let the the idea that you just let the disease run its course through your population because then immunity might rise up because what if it keeps what we don't know what's going to happen what if every i don't know um uh, late winter to early spring there's another recurrence and people you know you they're, they're betting on all sorts of nonsense like that you become immune of course all the doctors are like what are you nuts <laughs> that's insane you, there's no indication you become immune so it's nuts no. But this but is the also, kind yeah. of insanity of, of like, yeah, of people starting to look ahead and going like, well, what if this isn't just this standalone disaster? It's it's an ongoing. This is how we live now. Yeah. But also the problem, right, from the little that I read that the vaccine that they m- might invent soon or whatever, fig- figure out how oh. to fight it for this year, for this outbreak might not work, not work. next year. Next year. If it, yeah. yeah. So that because of the nature of the, this crazy virus and the nature of us breaking all the barriers between wildlife, right? Animals, mm-hmm. uh, humans, whatever, what, what not. Yeah, it's just going to happen again and there's going to be no vaccine and it will take them months to develop a new one and it's going to happen again and again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I guess I, I I know how you're not looking positively at this. Neither neither do I. But still, probably that will solve some kind of overpopulation problem. Who knows? Which is, I mean, obviously not a, kind of very dark thing to say, but uh, but it's probably true. And who knows? What if it will stop some sort of industrial farming to some degree, or or all uh, I don't know coal mines? I don't know. It might stop some sort of uh, planet trashing that they've been we've been pursuing for a century. I mean, or more. again, that would be you a know? very <laughs> that would be a very movie plot kind of implication. Even if they wouldn't come out and say mm-hmm. it, the the implication is always, well, the society was getting pretty vile and deserved it, so we killed off the offenders. What we have left are the heroes who found their bravery, found their compassion, survived, no, saved their or families. Just lucky. All I'm saying might be like not bravery or heroes. No, no, I'm just saying. Just lucky to survive just by it's a, chance. It's a know? reading of what, what, what are the benefits? <laughs> you know, could this all be good in the end? That's all I'm well, saying. Well, for, I don't, I don't know, for the planet might be, not for the human whatever we are human people. Sure, but it's hard not to take it personally at this point. So, you know, <laughs> I know if I'm but... on the mound of bodies, it's hard for me to say, well, but it'll be good. I, I do like animals. I, I hope animals can do better. Sure. Oh, do- right. Have you heard dogs cannot carry it and dogs do not get oh, sick? I followed that very closely. Yes, dogs. Yeah, I, dogs know, I know, I know. <laughs> but so my point, like, I know, like, you look, I just, well, there's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the pets will survive. 
Yeah, no, so, again, I'm yeah, just saying yeah. we're mo- this is a movie narrative, you know, a version yeah. of it. So we're like going, what? Not only can we find what's to blame, like so, but there was the rumor that it was bats. I don't know where that went, but that comes right out of Contagion. Right out of Contagion. Yes, yeah. so that's where it's bats who then what? They drop a piece of fruit into the mouth of a hog, which is then slaughtered and made into human meat, mm-hmm. and that's what the connection is—a very big agra kind of corrupt thing. That that's how we get it, and so you get a chain of blame, and it's actually kind of got got a weird whodunit structure. The movie has it's another of these distancing things that that's what we really care about is to find out what the culprit. <laughs> oh man, okay, I think I just at least a few film-related stuff I want to mention, mm. even though I'm just because of the uh, all the chaotic stuff. I also haven't watched the. Uh, Brand new, maybe like a month ago, came out Netflix series Pandemic: How to Prevent an Outbreak. No, I haven't been have watching you heard it, either. Of it. I have. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, so everyone's like obviously now writing about mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. how come it just came out right when uh, yeah. this pandemic is happening? What and a quinky like dink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I don't know. That might be interesting. It's docu series. I mm. don't. I don't want to advertise it too much, but I, I'll probably check it out. People supposedly say, even though it's not at all about coronavirus, there's all kind of useful <laughs> well uh, i know but again i mean I, it's almost like we've lost our sense of how much predictive stuff we've had it's 25 years yeah. of books films documentaries you name it saying this is this is coming this but is somehow coming, maybe yeah. we just fictionalized it so much we sort of lost our sense that it was really coming i certainly well, did sometimes the <laughs> fiction you also well yeah your review you were very kind of snarky about mm. it but also sometimes the fiction is this kind of what is it like a, like a vol- pressure wolf, right? Mm. You sort of work it through in this fictitious yes, kind of right. voodoo ways, almost like having voodoo dolls, and right. then and then that's it. And, and I think that's reality. right. It's a very uh-huh. voodoo doll thing. You th- feel like you've sort of slain your, you've ex- almost experienced it and slain your fear and <laughs> taken care of it in some strange way. It's but not, movies are yeah. frequently like that when you try to deconstruct that kind of mm-hmm. the emotional aspect. Yeah, it's a it's definitely voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, game or something but yeah so yeah, which is i think why is a good explanation for why people now of all things want not everyone of course want to watch these movies <laughs> especially contagion because it's considered the most accurate i now want to watch this that seems odd that seems like counterintuitive but from that from that perspective it's not because then you get to see well the hero with whom i identify <laughs> is of course immune and survives um so that'll be because me. He's a good, because he's a good man, faithful yes. husband. That's he's, why he's... That's right. He's, ever, yeah, his gene somehow yeah. is special enough to fight that disease. He's just slightly yeah. chubby to remind mm-hmm. us that he truly represents us as Americans. Yeah, so he's going to be fine. I can only imagine how Matt Damon, like, you know, tries to gain some weight at home. Every time he's going to play one of these good, characters, yeah. he mm-hmm. does. He puts on pounds he's like every time. telling his wife, honey, I'm going to be a good guy. <laughs> I'm going to be a really good guy. <laughs> four months. And I represent middle America, so I have to go back on 25 pounds. Yeah, every time. <laughs> this, is, this is very almost kind Condescending, uh, in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, okay. One movie that um, is not like necessarily pandemic, but I want to mention because, like, when you posted immediately yeah. on Facebook, right, the Tom Hanks news that just yes. broke yesterday, and his wife immediately there were a few people, honestly joking, but still saying how, oh, now everyone would want to get it, yeah, right? yes, yes, because sort of the celebrity the disease, celebrity, celebrity virus, which immediately made me think about the movie that is honestly not a good movie, but thematically it's interesting uh-huh. called Antiviral. Mm-hmm. It's made by it's a first uh, feature by Brandon Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, the son of David Cronenberg, mm-hmm. which idea-wise it's interesting. He just 
can't really pull it off. But yeah, the, the idea is that there's nice, this agency. The trailer is yeah, often it's not. <laughs> yeah, but the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. You like the trailer? I kind of enjoyed the trailer. Yeah. I thought, oh, the trailer isn't bad. It actually is, is kind of. Con- you're right. It has a good idea that you can convey in a pithy way and you don't have to sit through the whole film. But anyway, go carry on. <laughs> but yeah, but it's not more. It's, it gets only more kind of. I don't know. The trailer is probably the best part right, of the film right. in a way. You don't need more because it's so kind of slow and like stylish and mm-hmm. and doesn't add anything to the story. But yeah, but the story is that there's this agency that uh, allows um, sort of simple people. Oh, I don't know how simple, but basically just anyone who ready to pay um, to get the virus mm-hmm. of their desired or adored celebrity mm-hmm. get it to get injected into their, I don't know, body, face, whatever right. they want, and to exclusively experience the exact kind of virus or disease the celebrity Right, their so Leonardo DiCaprio has whatever and you get the same and that unites Basically. you. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, and mm-hmm. that connects you in this really visceral body fluid mm-hmm. blah, 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 way, which is an interesting idea and, you know, it is kind of interesting obsession of celebrity mm-hmm. goes mm-hmm. down to... You know, the anything, whatever the virus, the disease, mm-hmm. some kind of whatever the hell problem they have. And uh, but yeah, but it's uh, well. I guess now if you're stuck at home, it's you can as well see it <laughs> if you're in quarantine. But, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it, so and, it's not. And I do mm-hmm. have to say, it's also it's also almost fictionally perfect that it would be Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks is the everyone. He's Everyman. It would be a whole different affect if I'm trying to think who, what other celebrity, if they got it, it would be totally Who's different. Who's not as lovable, kind of? Yeah. Who wasn't the lovable, slightly pudgy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyman, the most beloved, ordinary guy in film who can still be a huge star, who just played, you know, Mr. Oh, Rogers. Because yeah, people are sort of divided. Brad Pitt is too good looking. Tom Cruise is insane. This is this, is mm-hmm. that. But Tom Hanks is like all around kind yes. of loved, right? All around <laughs> beloved. He is really us. We are one yeah. kind of thing and so he gets it and like oh my god <laughs> I know. Tom which, which actually it's always so funny for the first time I even though I lived in LA for a while before New York I, I, my mom was visiting and we went mm-hmm. um, uh, to Paramount to do a tour and the guy there somehow Tom Hanks was brought brought up and he immediately says how everything you know the young guy who giving tour I don't know some I guess he's trying to break into some sort of studio work but basically mm-hmm. saying everything Tom Hanks touches he said is gold you can't go wrong with him in your film <laughs> blah 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 and he went into this and I'm like whoa you're like not even 30 and this is wow. your true feelings about <sighs> about that well you, either you're a really good like ass kisser uh-huh. like, who like adopts all the you know <laughs> the truisms <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, true. yeah. it's almost like you know you have to read the bible learn it and then you might <laughs> right right this is the bible Tom Hanks is some kind of biblical yeah oh my pat- god patriarch oh my god this is a great moment in the simpsons where he, he's like he's a magic being and you know you know the, a little kid comes up and says will you tussle my hair mr hanks and he and he does this magic tussle of the kid's hair because he's just such a it's exactly that idea he's both one of us but he's kind of perfection like god god kissed his brow or something but that's a great phrase anything he touches in a pandemic era is gold so Go ahead. Right after he touched it, you go touch it and then share the virus. Yeah, because he's gold. Everybody touches. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's so beloved. I think, uh, well, God, what's the guy from Lost in, I don't know why I say Lost in Translation. He's been in much better films. Uh, 
Oh, Bill Murray. Why is not Bill Murray the everyman? But he is in his own way. But he's got too much. He's he's too edgy and odd, uh, which is what's great about him. And he's so yeah. Frankly, I love him so much more. I mean, it's hard not to. I would have to compare them, but if I had to choose out of this kind of not the. Adonis looking like man, you know, the usually the, the stars are really yeah. good looking and those ones are not, but Bill Murray is so much better. He's so much better because he represents real freedom as a celebrity. I, I've always said that. He's just like, it's the most amazing thing. He's the only one you really feel like who really lives, like him having that 800 number. <laughs> you have to call, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how powerful you are in Hollywood, you cannot call him directly. He will not give you his direct line. You have to leave a message on his 800 number and usually he'll never uh. call you back. And he's just Did like you have that experience. Oh, no, it's well known. Oh, it's well known. Everyone in Hollywood knows it. You have to leave huh. messages. Maybe he'll call you back. He probably won't. And he's just like, "Fuck you!" The most powerful agent, the most powerful studio, tough. Everyone's the same. And meanwhile, he's off, you know, crashing people's graduations and weddings and shit, and out on the golf course, mocking golf while he plays it. I he's just like, he just he just lives. I mean, apparently he plays wild practical jokes on on people. He just goes out and he and he does exactly what he wants. And you're just like, wow, he's he seems like he's the only one. He just fearlessly goes and does what he wants because they're all terrified. Even the most powerful people in Hollywood, I swear to God, they they, they act like they're really terrified. And you're like, what are you terrified of? What could happen to you? Wow, that's that's a good image to create of yourself. Yes, and total <laughs> relaxation. He said he learned early on that the key that separates you from everyone else is if you can be truly relaxed all the time because everyone else is so scared. And this is like, man, he found the key. Yeah, but I guess because he doesn't worship neither the industry yeah. nor whatever. He just, uh, if you don't worship it, don't take it too seriously. Yeah. What what really what can they do to but you? Most people can't do it, and I I will attest. It's amazing. You go and you try to be in the industry first uh-huh. couple of years. If you got some sort of healthy mindset, you're mm-hmm. fine. You're like you're laughing. You're just like look, I'm just yeah. I'm not part of this. And then a couple of years later, you're as neurotic and as crazy as everybody else. And you've got to be very strong to withstand the the crazy. In my, in my, well, among my experiences, I've, I've seen people who had who had trust funds that were so huge they could never exhaust them, and they just lived in a state of quivering fucking terror that they that they'd go to I don't know a, a party and the and the top people wouldn't be nice to them or shit. It was mm-hmm. just like horrifying, horrifying what what you'd see. How unhappy, how miserable in a petty way. Even people who had nothing material to fear ever. Uh, really, really a ghastly sight. Ghastly. Because I guess, is it something to do, as you said, with this belief and almost like if you believe in God, you're mm-hmm. really scared of the fury in these mm-hmm. are the gods of the industry. And if they, I don't know, as you said, mistreat you, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Yeah. You get you're like just somehow, reduced to a grease spot on the carpet because so-and-so snubbed you or <laughs> mm-hmm. I they won't hire you for this role or, or whatever. It's just like, it's so nauseating to watch. You're just like, what's the point? What are you ascending to? Where where are you getting? Even if you win, you lose in this in this system. It's 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 not good. It's not good. So anyway, Bill Murray, yeah. we love him, we worship him because he seems to have found like a way. So when he when he shows up in Zombieland, the, the, the greatest little little cameo in the world, expanded cameo, where he plays himself, <laughs> and he's just living living large as Bill Murray in the zombie apocalypse by going around dressed as a zombie. <laughs> and he's like, oh my god, you can always get tea time on the golf course. This is just the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah, it's a, it's a it just delighted. 
everyone because it seemed significant. It seemed it seemed meaningful. Like, and of course, then he's ironically killed, you know, by accident by one of the people who befriended it. And that's another thing you almost always see, by the way. That's another payoff. It's kind of adjacent to we discover the best in ourselves. You almost always see these little impromptu communities that are heartwarming that will form for brief times. So Children of Men, when they all gather it. Michael Caine is the pot dealer's secret hideaway. And, you know, everybody's happy and nice to each other for a while before it breaks up. So there's also that as a kind of fantasy. Out, out, of, out of the worst experience you can possibly have, you'll get the best experience you're ever going to have. Um, we love that idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess this is it. We didn't necessarily talk about too many films. Well, but I, we, I mean, we tried to talk about the formula of the films. The major ones, yeah, yeah. There's lots of others. I, almost all zombie films double explicitly or not as pandemic films. Pandemic. Dawn of the Dead was great. Yeah. But yeah, but everyone knows like about that. And, right. and I think still the ones we talked about are more, I guess, relevant to the moment. And actually that was a complete accident but um our next episode we're going to talk about um the hbo show chernobyl that mm-hmm. is like long overdue actually and um we're going to talk to kate brown mm-hmm. who is a professor at mit she's a historian and author and uh, she just had a new book out uh called manual for survival uh i forgot what's the subtitle but it's basically is about the aftermath of chernobyl um, which she researched a lot and she lived for a while i think um she spent some time in russia she knows russian anyway and we, we're gonna keep going about <laughs> the version of the pandemic some sort of nuclear disaster yeah. we're just gonna be the disaster central podcast that's mm-hmm. one good thing about being With the auditing, you can listen to podcasts endlessly <laughs> True, true. So I, I mean, we, we're definitely not quitting. Oh no, oh no, no. We we're gonna have all the more time <laughs> to be podcasting and listening to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it takes your kind of mind off the yeah. the real disaster. Yeah. You know? Even while you talk about disaster, we hope. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not necessarily intuitive, right? But hey, mm. if it works. Maybe the next episode we'll do a total hearts and flowers. We're going to pretend it isn't happening. Maybe we'll shake it up after the Chernobyl one. Or we'll just keep going. Or we'll just down keep going. <laughs> we'll work through all of the disasters. So if you know about any other disaster, yeah, kind of yeah drop us a line. Expert <laughs> guests so we can have. Because, yeah, this, this one laid up is sort of an act. It was an accident, yeah. It was an accident not related to corona outbreak. Mm. But yeah, so uh, that's going to be next week, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> we're done. Yes. And may the gods be always in your favor. <laughs> See you on the other side. Of, of this See you on the other side. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.